Okay, we're on the last week of our study. <clears throat> week eight, we're going to try to look at three days. I'm not going to go through it step by step. I'm going to ask you some questions about it, though. So I hope you've done it. Because I'm going to ask you uh, what God is telling you. Because really and truly at this point, either, either God's speaking to you or he's not. And if he's not, then you need to spend a lot more time in prayer and find out why. All right, the first thing is, I want to know some of your weaknesses that you identified. That was talked about on page 170. We were to identify some of our weaknesses that we know we have that God still uses us in spite of these weaknesses. So thanks, Melinda, for being the first one to step up with these this list. Just keep it short, would you, dear? How can God use you through those weaknesses? Well, I don't think you have to wait. He's already using you. You you come up here and you sing. You love to sing and help Charles do that. You're doing the women's ministry, which is something time-consuming. And you, you don't. The only time you ever say no is if you're talking to me, but. Maybe Casey. I guess she tells you no every now. Don't drag you into it. Okay. <laughs> but you, you know, sometimes we do have to do it. But isn't it neat that God still can use you, even though maybe you don't read it, your Bible as much as you would like to? He still speaks to you. He still uses you. He can shape that busyness because I, I can assure you this. God had rather you be a little bit busy about doing things for people than he had you not doing anything. So he, he's looking for people that were, were these not some of John's problem. You know, John was quick to react and, and overreact sometimes. And John was uh, also... Uh, always busy peter those were some of the things who else wants to open up and just say this is a weakness i know i've got don't make me call on you now all right nancy what do you think causes you to miss some of those opportunities can you identify that Okay. And, and at times, even today when I was leaving Rocky Branch, we were hoorah and the various things if something said. And I thought about it after I left, something I could have said uh, a little differently. But uh, the main thing is you're aware of it and you're looking for opportunities. And, and God will clarify that. And, and, and 
as life goes on, I think you'll be more easier. But there again, he's not mad and rejecting you. He's he's giving you those opportunities, even though you're not where you'd like to be. Travis. To start using you. He starts using you uh, almost immediately and he goes asking you to step up where you're at. And then he starts letting you see the things that you need to work on. Because first of all, if you didn't see them, you wouldn't understand them as weaknesses. So part of what God's already doing in your life, he's showing you the weak spots in your life so that you can correct those and work at those so that you'll be more effective but he's doing it because you are working does that not make sense i mean if you were blind to it then then you're just rocking along but what he's doing is revealing your shortcomings so that he can move you from where you're at to where he wants you <clears throat> and it's a journey learning to walk with him because what i'll tell you is you'll get some victories over some weaknesses and then god just unfolds the paper and he said okay we're down to the the next three or four he keeps them all hid except three or four at a time because you couldn't it'd overwhelm you if you used to see everything god sees as a weakness in you you would be depressed and thinking no good. So what he does, he reveals a certain amount of them so you can work on them. And as you begin to get through some of those and doing better on that, then he, he unfolds the next part. But he didn't, un, he didn't just do this whole deal. He, he's just letting you see various things because he's moving you forward at a pace that you can accept and grow your faith. And so don't feel bad and don't feel guilty about your weaknesses because God will take a lot of your weaknesses and turn them into strengths. And, uh, and if you look at the, the, the individuals we, we've looked at for the past 12 weeks, every one of them, you can identify weaknesses in their lives, yet did God not do some major things with them? Every one of them. He, he, he went ahead and chose them, used them, and, and we see that. But he didn't hide the weaknesses either in the Word. And that's one thing that's so unique about the Bible. He just didn't paint a rosy picture about these are all my perfect people and all that. He, he shows you the good and the bad. And yet he still used them. And, and that ought to give you hope. He's not waiting on you to be perfect because you'll never get there. The only thing that makes you perfect is the blood of Christ. So don't be satisfied with not being perfect, but neither should you think that's where I've got to be before I can move forward. And just say, here I am, Lord. I mean, that's what Isaiah did. Isaiah was nowhere near ready to serve and be the prophet he was when God called him. 
But what he was was available. And he said, here I am. When Jesus called James and John, Peter, Andrew, when he called all of those disciples, they weren't ready. They weren't, they weren't where they needed to be. They weren't qualified. But Jesus said, I want you and I want you now. And they responded to that. And because of that, God began to use them. So don't worry about your weaknesses so much when, you, when he's identifying them. Just realize what he's showing you is this is an area of your life you need to work on spiritually so that I can continue to use you and move you forward. So don't be afraid to identify some of those weaknesses because we've all had them. We still have them. And you're always going to have something. Just work through those lists and let him unfold the next one and, and stuff. And sometimes you'll, you'll think you'll have overcome one that's way up the list and you're, then there'll be a day all of a sudden that one pops back up. The enemy knows that list, okay? He knows the list. And he'll find you just in the right spot, just in the right situation and, and stuff. And, uh, you know, one of the things I had to learn when I got saved is watch my tongue and the words I said <clears throat> but in the right situation some of those old words can still come out and and stuff I hit my thumb one day we were working on a church project in Weatherford I hit it and everybody stopped to look what were you going to say I said I'm going to say I'm going to bite my lip because I know this thing hurt they all laughed. They said, we just knew you was going to slip up. I said, no, not today. But there is times uh, you still do. And, and there's certain things, that, those things. So you don't, it, it, it's going to be times the enemy's going to work on you. So God's not beating you up, so quit beating yourself up over it. Every time you fall, God's going to be there to pick you up because you are his child, and he wants you moving forward. And that's why he's called you to serve him every day. And that's, that's the key. All right, one of the things he says to stop and think about Jesus, how about Jesus' love for you and ask him how he wants you to, uh, how he wants to relate to you. That's a pretty heavy question right there. Think about how Jesus loves you and then pray about how you need to relate to him. Who wants to try to answer this one? What, how does God want you to relate? Huh? What? I don't know what we did, but And stuff. So, who else? How, how does God speak to you about that? What's God talking to you about how you should relate to that love? You think Geraldine answered it for everybody? Come on. Jana? Huh? Learning to forgive others just like he's forgiven. 
That's a prerequisite. If you want God's forgiveness, then you need to learn to forgive others too because that's part of it. And that's part of growing. Come on. Y'all just being bashful. Love is, and it's it's a lot of times facing ourselves can be and stuff. All right. You were also asked on day one to uh, talk about what would you tell God if he called you today? What would be your response if God called you right now to, to step up and serve him in some manner? What would be your response to him today? Okay. What if it requires you to leave your job or move off? What if it requires you to quit being around some of your friends? Okay, now be careful with these answers because what you say, God may do it. So I hope you're right. And he will, because I, I did. I walked away from friends. I walked away from family. I walked away from a job. I've, I've done all those things. But you'll find out, and this I'll assure you through my own personal testimony, he will replace all those things with better. So if you're fearful of that, let me assure you don't. Because he'll give you better friends than you ever probably, better friends than I ever had. Anyway, I, the friends I had growing up and, and stuff, I found out how little they really cared for me when I quit riding around drinking beer with them. When I quit telling dirty jokes and I quit cussing and started going to church, they didn't. They weren't comfortable around me anymore. They didn't really want to be around me. But I went back around them and made some of them mad because I preached to them. I talked to them about their salvation. And uh, they didn't all like it. What was really amazing was how many of them told me that they had a walk with God. I just never saw it. That's why I would go witness to him. But I promise you, everything God's asked me to give up, he has replaced with better and more. So if you're afraid of where God's going to call you, don't. Because what he's calling you to is something better. And the right answer would be saying, I'm ready to do whatever. Because to glorify God is what it's all about. And, and I promise you, if you'll walk through those doors, you will be amazed at what he'll do with you. Way beyond anything that you ever imagined you could do. And that's why, you know, for the past three years I've been praying for this church that we would see things 
that we've not seen as a body. And and God is not failing us. He he is he is literally I don't know what doors will be open this year, but he's already opening things that's gonna allow us to do some ministries. <clears throat> and I'm already thinking about twenty twenty four. But if the Lord don't come back in 2023, I want a better year in 2024. Because I I had a vision when we started this church 17 years ago, and it was a pretty lofty vision. And I'd about decided we weren't going to ever see it fulfilled because it, we just never could get there. <clears throat> but folks, well, I, I think we're well on our way to to see in it and 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 God's gonna amaze you in accomplishing some of those things. And he also amazed you in how he provides for those things. Okay? You never know what you can afford well you may know what you can afford, but you don't know what God can afford. So there's no vision too hard to reach when it's God's vision because he's in charge of providing for it. Ronnie. good folks and it's a, a good path in front of us because it's um, and there, there again a, a church doesn't grow a lot of times preachers get all the credit well hey you grew this church no I'm here to tell you that the preacher has very little to do with it he has something to do with it but but not not as much. I'm going to say if you put a percentage with 30%. Because God's going to use all of y'all is more than he would the preacher. Because when they come through the doors to sit here, the first thing they're going to notice is how do you treat them? How do they feel when they come? How do they feel when they leave? And that's going to make a difference in whether they want to come back. Most people are not capable of really evaluating the sermon in an adequate way. They're either going to like it or they don't. But as far as determining whether the preacher... And there again, if you hear a preacher one time, do you really know what he's going to preach? That's like a church when they call a preacher and they say, we're going to bring in a view of a call. And he preaches one good sermon. And then you find out six months later it was the only good one he had. You know, uh, that's the reality. How, how do you judge a, a church? That's why I, 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 I never want anybody to come one Sunday and say, hey, I want to be a member. You sure? You better get to know us. You need to spend a little time here. 
I don't trust somebody that wants to join. Because to me, what that tells me is they're, they're not putting very much thought into it. They're, they're, they've got alternative motives. And, and I don't think we worry about it in the cowboy church as much as you used to at First Baptist because I saw business people move to Omaha back when it was a thriving community. And come one Sunday, want to join First Baptist so that they could say, I'm a member of First Baptist. And never saw them again. I want to join, and by the way, I'm opening this business down here, you know. Y'all come see me. Alternative motives. But they need to come and feel at home and feel like this is where God wants them. Because if it's not where God wants them, then they need to go find that place. And, and so so you, God's using you to do these things. He uses me. He uses Caleb. But he uses all of us, and he takes our strengths, our weaknesses, and allows us to do that. Um, day three was talking about preparing to experience God's glory. I don't know about you, but that's very, in my life, I've only experienced that much glory a, a handful of times. And it's pretty magnificent. It's not that I don't experience the glory every day, but an overwhelming presence of God is a rarity that will stick out in your mind. And um, if you ever truly go through a period like that, you, you will literally be overwhelmed when God starts revealing himself to you. Um, one of the times I think of is I was leaving seminary and I was driving back to Nacogdoches, which was about a four and a half hour drive. And uh, I had began praying when I left. And about halfway home, the inside of that truck filled up with a a spirit that was so awesome. I, I had to stop on the side of the road and just praise God. I, I just couldn't believe it. And And I'll never forget that night. In, in in what God did, but those are special times. But you should always be looking for that and experiencing that. And I really hope one day um, we we see more of that in our worship services. Now I think December 11th was a pretty good day. I, I think there was a powerful movement of spirit here that day. Uh, and people letting God work. I've seen it a few times here where the Spirit really was allowed to do a lot of stuff. But it's not here every Sunday, not not the way it should be, partly because people come not prepared for that. Um, it takes some preparation in your hearts to be do that and and there again you got to ask yourself am i ready for that today i preached a sermon one time to a group i said how long did y'all spend getting ready physically to come to church I said yeah let's do it now. on sunday morning how many of you spend 30 minutes or less getting ready 
mostly men. Some, how many of you spend 60 minutes, between 30 and 60, getting ready? I'm not you, lady. I'm not talking about y'all getting the kids ready. I'm not about you getting ready. So a lot of you do it. How many of you spend more than 60 five minutes? I've noticed that. You open the door, I'll go through it. <clears throat> okay, let me ask you this. How many of you spent 10 minutes getting yourself spiritually ready to come to church? You know, literally. Okay. Okay, how many of you make sure there you have no distractions when you get here and that you are 100% ready and anticipating God? And it means some prayer time and some soul searching because at some Sundays you are going to find yourself with things on your mind. And you walk in the door with those things. And that's the reality. There's just things in your life. Those are the days you need to stop and say, I got to get ready. I don't, because if enough people show up unprepared spiritually, it hinders what the Spirit can do. And I promise you, I, I get to look at everybody and most of you really enjoy it and do pretty good. But I've also looked at some individuals that I, I question why in the world are they here today? Because I've seen individuals sit there and flip through their phone the whole time. Being over, doing nothing. I've watched people sit and whisper and talk. I've seen people daydreaming. I see a lot that y'all might not see. Because if you're paying attention to me or to Charles and them and singing, you you may not. But then there's a lot of, you sit at the back, you'll, you'll see some of this. And what I think about is twofold. First of all, I'm glad they're here. But I'm thinking, why didn't you come to hear from God if you're more interested in surfing the internet or reading text messages now I know a lot of people use their phone but I, you, you can tell the difference who's pulling up scripture when they're sitting there running that finger across like that they're not pulling up scripture I mean they're, they're in la la land when they're dancing around and, and I'm just going to tell you some other things There's a lot of times we get to moving around and we and we need to be still we there's some laxity here in this church because we've allowed it and um, but uh, we need to think about kicking our drinks over and stuff like that and one of the things we've tried to do is shut the doors and stuff and hopefully people would learn because there's a time don't get mad if 
the kitchen crew is shut the door. If you if it's shut, it means you missed it. And if you wanted a cup of coffee or if you want a glass of tea, you should have brought it because you're getting here late. Because we need to learn at 1030 to start gathering ourselves and in, in getting that mindset. And we do the announcements. And that's kind of, it's, it's likes and stuff, and that's okay. But when Charles and the, his group gets up here, that's when it's time to start getting that heart completely right. Those are beautiful songs. A lot of them are old songs. They like the old songs. I like old songs. But I want you to watch those old songs and read them. They're scripturally based. Praise songs are great, and I'm and I, they lift. They got a good beat. <clears throat> but if you sing an old hymn or a praise song and you sing it with the same enthusiasm, the Spirit will work in your life so that when the preacher gets up here and he begins to share the word, your heart's ready to receive it. So there is some preparation, and that's what I mean by that. <clears throat> Spend as much time getting yourself spiritually ready when you come up here as you did getting ready. If it's five minutes getting ready, okay, if it's an hour. But spend that time making sure when you enter these doors that you're not being sidetracked. Because if you're sidetracked, go ahead and stop right outside the door and say, God, I've got all this stuff in my mind, and I don't want it to come in the door with me. Help me put it off till after, because this is your time. Okay? Say, this is your time, God. I want my mind to be focused on you. I want to hear from you today. And if people, if 60% of you come in here, on, on Sunday morning doing that, 85% will leave here hearing from God. There's 10 or 15% that are not going to hear no matter what you do because they're not prepared. But I promise you if 60, 70% start coming in here with a right mind, a right attitude, the Spirit of God will work in such a mighty way. There will be people overwhelmed at what God says. But it begins with being ready spiritually and that's why I don't care that you don't wear fancy hats fancy dresses and fancy shoes I want you to be prepared inside because I promise you that's what God's most interested in if if you're dressed and it covered he's fine there's nowhere in scripture where God says, you've got to put on your best to please him. That's a lie. God's not interested in how fancy a clothes you've got. God's interested in how pure your heart is. He didn't tell Peter and John to go buy him a new suit when he called. He said, I, I want y'all to come in me, but go get you some new clothes.
He said, come follow me. Wear your old fishing clothes and come follow me. But I remember going, well, God deserves your best. He does deserve your best, but he needs the best spirit, not the best clothes. Okay? And, and that's, uh, that's what's the reality of it. Get ready and let God use you and let him speak to you. And you'll be amazed. One of the things I wrote down on 180, it said, Ask God to guide you and use you in his kingdom and for his glory. Write your commitment right here. And I hope you wrote something. But this is what I wrote. I'm ready to do more, experience more, and reach more. I should have put a comma in here. But, but what am I ready to do? I want to do more in my life I want to experience more of God in my life and I want to reach more people in my life because there's things about God I've not seen yet and I want to see them before I leave this earth there's one thing in my life I finally learned the only thing I ever really want to hear when I walk into heaven is, well done, my good and faithful servant. You did what I asked you to do. There, there's really nothing else that matters, folks. You know, when we were doing that funeral, God really laid this on my heart about <clears throat> one of the basic truths is that all you will end up with when you die is a five-foot by ten-foot plot of ground with a rock in front of it that says your name. And the second truth is, if you're saved, you will be with the Lord in heaven. That's the second truth. The third truth is, if that's all that you've done is those two, you've missed the main thing because the third truth is, who is carrying on the faith that you had? If any, nobody's carrying on your faith because you've not influenced anybody, you're not going to receive those words, well done in my good and faithful servant. You're called to bear fruit and try to make a difference in people's lives. And if you're rocking along and thinking, well, I've got my ticket punched, I'm all right. You're missing the whole thing about what God wants. You're just rocking along waiting for the bus. Don't be surprised if he didn't come about 20 years early to pick you up. And I'm dead serious. I, I, I've been told by people of loved ones that they knew good and well that God took them out because they weren't going to do anything for him anyway. And I'm not saying everybody dies young as that, but there have been some Christians that died young just because they sat around waiting on the bus and the bus just came by and picked them up. God's got a purpose for you. And it's not sitting at the bus stop. He wants you out in the middle of the field 
He wants you in somebody's house. He wants you doing something. He said, Blessed is the servant that I find working in the field. Many are called, but few are chosen. Pray that the Heavenly Father would send workers. All, all these scriptures that I'm paraphrasing here because I'm not quoting them. That's what he's after. That's why when the trumpet blows, people say, well, what are you making all these plans for? You, you said the Lord's coming in fall of 2023. I said, I hope he does. <clears throat> and I hope we're having something right up there at the park or somewhere in Omaha or we're built, driving a nail. Whatever it's taking, I want to be in the middle of doing that when that trumpet blows. Because the last thing I think he wants from us is to be sitting around looking up. Okay. You take a nap when you're tired from working. But you be busy about doing God's work. And a church that's busy about doing God's work will reach people. And they will grow and people will be bum-fuzzled. What's going on out there? How are you doing that? How can y'all fund that stuff? In other words, where's the money coming from? God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. All they got to do is sell a hill or two of them. He may use you to be the vessel to blow right through there. And you, you'll never know where it comes from. It just got to say, here it is. Y'all take care of that need. And you'll be amazed. Okay. I hope you finish this up. I'm going to do my best next week to be on something different. How many of you want to do a book study in the Old Testament? You okay with that? What if I studied Leviticus or Deuteronomy? There's a nut. Huh? No, I did Ezekiel Hill about a year or two ago. It's a good one, but, but I did it. Let me think about it. Folks, I love Leviticus and Deuteronomy. There is so much in there. And, I, and 30 years ago, I used to read Leviticus. And I thought, boy, this is dull. This is crazy. Man, God's put some stuff in there that's just fantastic. And um, anyway, we'll try to start a book study and stuff. But, but finish this, please. Go back and do whatever it takes because there's some good material there to uh, help you individually. Okay, we've got a announcement for Secret Sisters. If you have not got... Now, is sign up or is this draw? Okay, so you need to draw your Secret Sister. Um, who wants to draw my name? I'll go ahead and sign you up. I'll be your secret brother. Y'all feel free to bring gifts every week or every month and just bring and just unload on me. 
oh, that's to the church. That's to the church. You know, I like sourdough bread. I like biscuits. I like. It's a good deal. I really, y'all do a well, a good job doing, doing that. And so be sure to go back there and draw and find out who you are, your sister is, and then hide that from them until they reveal, okay? Don't let them know who you are so you can do that. Father, thank you for loving us, caring for us. Just bless us in our week ahead of us uh, that we may bring glory and honor to you. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Mike and Ronnie are cooking chicken and dumplings next week by themselves.